Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? So Spider-Man had had an interesting week last week with Spider Monday coming and going and pre-sell tickets breaking the internet in more ways than one. I'm going to go recap all the stuff that transpired all of last week. Charlie Cox is officially the MCU's Daredevil. And we just got a new Matrix Resurrections trailer that dropped today. All that and a little bit of more stuff coming to you. It's a Talking Talk pod showcast starting now. Hey everybody, I uh, hope you are all doing well. Um, I wasn't able to have this episode uploaded last week. Um, was still kind of recovering from the Thanksgiving holiday, but I hope all of you had enjoyed your Thanksgivings. I hope all of you ate a lot of stuff. Maybe you indulged in some online shopping or in-person shopping, um, but I, uh, it's good to be back here for another week uh given that today is monday and this episode is uploading on a monday i want to kind of get back into a normal routine um now that the thanksgiving holiday is said and done so i will more than likely have a new episode hitting this friday and you can expect to see episodes uploaded every Friday moving forward uh, for the time being until I figure out what's a better schedule for myself. Um, but for those of you who are returning, thank you once again for tuning in. As always, I really appreciate it. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening um, on your podcast platform of choice. If you are new to the channel, welcome. This is the Talking Talk Pod Showcast, your unofficial pop culture weekly podcast where I talk about movies, streaming, collectibles, all the stuff in between, and I put my little spin on it. Um, you can find episodes uploaded weekly on the Loki Geek channel on YouTube. Or if you prefer an audio version, you can find the Loki Geek channel through your podcast platform of choice, like uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and what have you. So be sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. And, you know, kind of tickle that little like button there um, to show that you appreciate the show um, and it helps the channel grow get more eyes on the channel, and actually it lets YouTube recommend more content like this if that is what you're into. Um, and of course, don't forget for audio listeners to make sure to download the episodes every week. So once again, glad to be back and have you all on board and watching. So let's get into it. So last week, we were already teased weeks before that Monday was going to be Spider Monday, and it's this big Spider-Man event, but the most important thing was that you were able to finally pre-order your ticket to go watch um, No Way Home when it comes out in a couple of weeks. Um, so, for myself, 
knowing how crazy this is going to be because I'm telling you, the buzz around Spider-Man and this new movie has been through the roof all year. Um, and especially the last couple of months with potential leaks coming out online, on Twitter, and all that stuff like that, all this speculation. Then we got the, you know, teaser trailers and, you know, we're seeing finally what villains are going to be appearing in this movie and all the speculation about, you know, is Andrew Garfield going to be in it? Is Tobey Maguire going to be in it? But it looks like we do have Alfred Molina returning as Doc Ock. We have Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro and William Dafoe coming back as Green Goblin and all that. So the hype is real. So what I did was that I set a timer for myself for midnight Monday um, so that I can log on to my AMC app and, you know, get, secure my ticket at least for the Thursday prior to the Friday opening day. Um, I didn't realize that they were going to go on sale early, at least through the AMC app. Um, I just was lucky enough to open it up 10 minutes prior to midnight, and that's when I saw tickets were available. So as soon as I did, I was put into a queue that I only had to wait for four minutes on, which wasn't that bad. But because everyone, the word was out that tickets were on sale, the minute I had a chance to finally reserve my seat and go through the checkout process, that's when things started to get a little sluggish. So I had to like restart at least twice, but I was lucky enough to get my ticket. Now, if you were not one of the ones who were lucky enough to be on that early, anyone who tried to log in at midnight on the dot or a little bit after was greeted with a plethora of errors and you know uh crazy queue lines um i went back to see if i could secure another ticket for friday uh for friday morning just i kind of like to see new movies at least twice um to kind of get a feel especially like a big movie like this and i was greeted with a queue wait of one hour and that's what majority of people were facing if they were going through the AMC app. Now, if they were going through Regal, they had issues about not even being able to go through the website itself. Um, people using Fandango or Adam tickets and all that stuff like that. Same issues. Website not loading. Um, at one point, Fandango even took down the ability to see um, selections for No Way Home on their website. And then they later on reintroduced it like 10 minutes after the fact. Um, tons of people refreshing, going through the process multiple times, not being able to secure tickets and all that. And at the same time, seats were selling out. So the hype is real. And everyone is dying to see this movie. This movie, out of all the movies that came out this year, I do strongly feel like this is the movie that's finally going to get the majority of the movie going audience who went to see movies pre, you know, state of the world. Um, it's going to get the majority of them back. Um, at least that's what it feels like, um, because the inability to buy tickets within and these issues step kept going until the early morning. 
of that Friday of that month of the the next day Tuesday. So, you know, and then we had reports about ticket sales breaking records. Um, one outlet here reported that Fandango announced that the first day of pre-sales for No Way Home uh, was a huge success. Uh, according to Fandango, um, the pre-sales are the best that they've seen since first day pre-sales of 2019's Avengers Endgame. Um, and that movie had um, the biggest domestic opening of all time at $357.1 million, right? So uh, it also said it outpaced uh, the first day advanced ticket sales of Black Widow, um, that came out this year, and it also uh, did much better than Rise of Skywalker and the previous Spider-Man Far From Home, right? So huge records being broken. Everyone's getting their ticket, or at least was trying to get their ticket. Um, and then the absurd happened, and we started getting reports of tickets for the movie were going on eBay for as high as $25,000. You know, you got to love opportunist and commercialism because uh, just like any other ticketed event that is really hot, you're always going to find those scalpers and those people trying to take advantage of the situation and really, really see if they can make a quick buck or in this case, a huge buck um, out of uh, such search circumstances like this. So really, really interesting. But then, you know, like I said, Spider Monday was supposed to be this big thing. You know, they had Tom Holland and Zendaya like really talking it up. But nothing really transpired at all that day. Um, people were speculating that we were going to get a new trailer and that didn't happen. Um, however, there was a bit of news that did drop on that day, and that was Amy Pascal announced that they are Sony is going to be working with Marvel on three more Spider-Man movies in the future, with Tom Holland being attached them, to, to to them. So, of course, that's great news, especially if you're a huge fan of the Tom Holland Spider-Mans. I know a lot of people are. I personally am. Um, I think it's the better and best representation of Spider-Man uh, in live-action form that we've gotten. Um, he's done a phenomenal job uh, portraying the role of Peter Parker there. Um, I don't know what this means for the MCU side of things and how much more they are going to be able to utilize Tom Holland. Um, but I'm pretty sure the contracts have been renegotiated. And when this announcement was made... Um, obviously, that means more opportunity for Tom Holland to appear in the MCU movies as well, because I'm pretty sure he is going to be playing a huge part um, in the Marvel plans moving forward. And whatever, if we're going to get a new Avengers-like team-up and movie coming out in the future. So... Um, really, really good, crazy stuff. We Later on in the week, we also got um, treated to some new movie posters that featured and highlighted the three main villains. So we got the Doc Ock uh, poster. We got the Jamie Foxx poster. We got, um, you know, the William Dafoe Goblin poster. And the huge speculation around that is if you look at Electro and his new outfit, 
it looks like he is donning an arc reactor um, very similar to what we have seen Iron Man use um, so what's the story behind that we're not sure again this is just speculation but of course the internet went nuts trying to determine what that's all about look I've said this time and time again Spider-Man is a global sensation and the most recognized superhero comic book character in the world. I've gotten flack on that statement in the past, but this pretty much shows that even the generic movie-going audience, this is a movie that they're highly anticipating. This is one of those comic book slash superhero movies that transcends genres right of course you got the the geeks like myself and um, like some of you the comic book nerds out there who are always going to be going out and watching these movies right whether it's you know batman or wonder woman or any of the marvel characters you know there's always going to be a huge audience for this it's also safe to say that marvel has a huge fan base too and not all of them are hardcore comic book characters. However, I believe, and I think this shows, and this is a good uh, representation of what that is, that Spider-Man expands and transcends all of that, where even a movie-going person or group of people who are not Marvel fans or who are not real comic book superhero fans and all that, they are fans of Spider-Man. Or at least they like this movies enough that this is a movie that they feel is a must-watch in the theaters, in big screen. Um, because again, this is not going to be available day and date streaming like we've seen in the past or what we see with Warner Brothers, you know, and how they treat their movies this year. So the only way to watch this will be in the movie theater. And you know, based on everything that we saw last week, it's going to be a huge event um, and very timely, too, because, again, it is coming out in a couple of weeks. It's the holidays. You got more families together. I'm pretty sure Christmas week, this is going to be a huge ticket item. Everyone's going to have a chance to go watch us if they feel comfortable enough to go back to the movie theaters. Now we know there's a new situation with the world right now, and we don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully nothing crazy, um, but I'm pretty sure opening weekend and the weeks to follow is going to be huge for No Way Home. And it'll be really, really interesting to see how that's all going to play out. Um, but if all of that news that dropped isn't enough, over the weekend we were surprised with a teaser of the next Miles Morales animated Into the Spider-Verse Into the Spider-Verse sequel um, which is now being called Across the Spider-Verse and something that none of us were expecting it's two parts and we were teased with part one and it was a nice little tease you could see it on Twitter and you, I'm sure you could see it on YouTube now um, you get to see Miles, and it looks like he's in college now, So, and he does look older, uh, which is great. It looks like he, he has grown up, and he gets visited by Spider-Gwen, and it looks like he, she wants him to follow her for some reason, and he she has something to show. 
Um, and then you get to see him going through this montage of like effects and and scenery. And then he gets tackled by Spider-Man 2099, uh, which is phenomenal and looks fantastic. And it's very, very exciting to see that happen. And obviously, that's all we got. And we can't wait to see more. It has been confirmed that Oscar Isaac is going to be returning as the voice for Spider-Man 2099. We got teased about that a little bit at the end of Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, when that came out and um, during like the whole post credit scenes and all that. So really, really exciting stuff there. I am very curious what you guys think about all the Spider-Man related news that dropped last week. Were you guys able to secure your uh, movie tickets if you're planning to watch it in the theater? Are you watching it opening weekend or did you give yourself some time like a week or so to uh, catch it later on? It's a tough situation because... You know, especially how social media is these days, everyone's going to be talking about this movie. And it's going to be very, very difficult to avoid spoilers. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I always try to watch movies during their preview nights, which is usually the Thursday prior to the Friday, or for something that comes out on a Wednesday, the Tuesday prior. Plus, it allows me time to watch it gather my thoughts and do my reviews on the channel and stuff like that but let me know in the comments anything and your you know your thoughts about anything that transpired last week about spider-man uh, what is something that got you really excited um, what are your speculations for the new movie are we gonna see toby are we gonna see andrew garfield um, it's very interesting that all signs kind of point to yes or at least everyone is speculating that that's the case, but yet we have not seen anything as of yet, which could be a very smart move on Sony's part. Um, because regardless, they're getting butts in seats there, right? So people are dying to watch this movie. So yeah, I'm very curious to hear what all of you think about all of that. Today, well, actually this news actually dropped yesterday on Sunday. We, um, Kevin Feige, uh, you know, head honcho there at the uh, MCU and movie division and all that stuff like that. The orchestrator, the the strategist, the you know, the gatekeeper for all the phases of the MCU and everything like that. He finally confirmed through an interview that Charlie Cox is indeed the MCU's Daredevil. So whenever they decide to bring Daredevil back in what form, in what movie, maybe a TV series or what have you, Charlie Cox is the man. And that made me extremely, extremely excited and very happy, especially for Charlie, because he has always been, you know, campaigning for uh, himself to reprise the role of, of Daredevil. I was a huge fan of the Netflix series, even though some parts of, you know, season three weren't that great. But you can't deny that Charlie was an amazing Daredevil, um, very gritty, you know, and he really, really worked hard um, in you know portraying Matt Murdock the way that he felt Matt should have been portrayed. And kind of, to be honest, 
you know, the way we wanted to see Matt on the big screen or the little screen because this was on Netflix. Um, but it would be very exciting to see Daredevil show up in some form of capacity, whether it's a movie or a Disney Plus show. Um, if they're going to stick to the gritty Daredevil style like we saw on Netflix, maybe this is something we'll see on Hulu because we know Disney Plus, they don't really show like R-rated um, content there. So regardless, it is very exciting and very timely too because without giving away anything, we were teased with something special in the new Hawkeye uh, TV series and the latest episode that dropped last week and it kind of has a brief moment where there's a little tie-in uh, within the Daredevil universe there and that's all I'm going to say um, but you can stay tuned to the channel because I will be doing a mid-season review of the series so far because uh, we're three episodes in we have three more to go and but what I'll say right now is that I am really digging this show. And again, I'm a little biased because I am a huge fan of Hawkeye, have always been. He's one of my all time favorite Marvel characters. Um, you got trick arrows galore all throughout this latest episode. So I was extremely, extremely excited and really thrilled. And it really picked it up. It really took it to a next level. Uh, episode three. Um, a lot of people were kind of worried and concerned because the first two episodes were, for the most part, lackluster, right? Maybe a little dragging, not that exciting, uh, very heavy on story and dialogue and all that. Not a lot of action. Well, they surely made up for it in this episode. So I'm digging it. I'm curious what you guys think about it. So let me know in the comments as well. But what do you guys feel about this news about Charlie Cox? Being the MCU's Daredevil, I think a lot of us were hoping that this was going to be the case. Um, who's next, right? Are we going to get, you know, Punisher? Um, there have been some reports about interviews with uh, John Bernthal um, stating that uh, the only way he'll come back as the Punisher is if they really, truly stick to the Punisher's um, story you know and feel he wants it to be gritty you know gritty he wants it to be r-rated uh, which is what the punisher is you know the punisher is not um disney friendly in a way right but it would be great to see john bring back uh the punisher uh because i think he did a phenomenal job uh with the role and i would i've been wanting to see more of it and i, I kind of want you know, not redemption, but I definitely want to see more of that gritty side of the Punisher because the last season we got on Netflix, it was a little cheesy, uh, especially with the whole, you know, him looking after the young girl and all that stuff like that, uh, which is something that they tend to do uh, sometimes in, in these shows and or movies um, that kind of gives a vulnerability to the main hero, right? Um, and that's not really the Punisher. That's not Frank Castle. You know, that's not... At least that's not what we want to see when it comes to uh, Frank Castle and the Punisher portrayed on the screen. 
Um, but yeah, it's it, now with this news, are they going to look into bringing back other people? Like, you know, are we going to get Jessica Jones back? You know, are we going to get, uh, you know, the actress that portrayed her back? Um, her name is escaping me right now, but she too did a really great job. You know, Luke Cage, what's going to happen with that? Is that something that we're going to see him return, um, you know, into the MCU? Iron Fist, I, I'm good if we don't see that anymore. Besides, we have Shang-Chi. I don't think we need Iron Fist anymore, right? Um, but we know we're getting Blade. So I think knowing that Daredevil is a huge um, uh, character that you know the MCU has in mind and Kevin Feige has in mind, so more than likely we could possibly see some sort of team-ups, maybe with Daredevil and Blade, um, you know, with the stuff that kind of transpired at the end of Eternals, more possibilities probably there. Um, so, and not for nothing, Daredevil has teamed up with Spider-Man quite a bit. So could we potentially see Tom Holland and Charlie Cox team up together? Who's to, who's to know? Who's to say? But it's just, it's very exciting. Very, very exciting. So yeah, very, very good news. And I can't wait to see what's going to come out of all this. So um, let me know again what all of you think about the news. Um, before I continue on with the other topics I wanted to talk about, are you like me? Do you love coffee? Prior to me recording this, I had like at least three cups of coffee, but um, I can't seem to get through my day without coffee, and I'm sure a lot of you are the same way. But it's always hard to figure out what's a good coffee to get, especially if you're, you know, brewing it yourself at home so many options and you never know what's you know the right one for you and if you're kind of you know conscious about uh nutrition and you're trying to be a little bit more cleaner what coffee brand is the best for you when it comes to that and i'm happy to say that i have partnered up with bulletproof coffee uh, Bulletproof coffee is one of my favorite coffees. Uh, I drink Bulletproof daily. Um, and it's one of those coffees that when I first started drinking it, I felt like I wasn't drinking other coffees that I've had before. You know, I used to be a big Starbucks drinker. Um, I used to get, you know, other coffees like Javalia and all that stuff like that. Um, but with Bulletproof... Whenever I drink that coffee, um, it feels refreshing in a way. You know, I feel energized, more energized because I don't feel like weighted down. Plus, the taste feels more clean. And that's because Bulletproof coffee is clean coffee. And what does that mean? So when I say clean coffee, you really taste a difference because Bulletproof goes through a, kind of like this special six-step washing and drying process and why is that important well that means it gets rid of all the chemicals and toxins that other beans may be exposed to especially during the curation process and the picking process and all that and other brands may still have a lot of that because they don't really um, spend that much time in cleansing it right um, but bulletproof they make sure they do all of that um, on top of that all of their beans are fully tested um, to make sure that there's no additional toxins that may be slipped through the cracks. 
So to ensure that you are getting the cleanest and purest form of the beans uh, with their coffee. Um, plus another big plus when it comes to Bulletproof is that the beans are all purchased from uh, Rainforest Alliance certified farms. And that just means that these farms are fully sustainable with their operations, meaning the quality of your coffee is always going to be top notch. Um, if you're not sure what to select uh, when it comes to Bulletproof Coffee, they have a lot of selections and they even have a unique starter pack that gives you a sampling of what to try uh, when it comes to Bulletproof. And because I have teamed up with Bulletproof, I have a special offer for all of you, those of you who are wanting to try it out for the first time yourself. Um, if you click on the link in the description and you use the discount code LOWKEYGEEK, all one word, capital, all caps. So that is LOWKEYGEEK, again, one word, all caps. You can get 10% off your order. And this is going to be available to only the first 15 people who act now and order your um, sample pack or anything else that you find that you may want to try uh, uh, through the Bulletproof Coffee website. So once again, check out the link in the description and don't forget to use discount code LOWKEYGEEK, all one word and all caps to get your 10% discount. Um, and any uh, one of you who uses uh, the link and the discount code, um, I it does also help the channel and it helps you know, recognition with Bulletproof Coffee that you're coming through here and that means uh, I'll be able to get to do more stuff uh, with them and more stuff for all of you guys. So again, appreciate the support, but do check them out. Um, I am not joking when I say that Bulletproof Coffee is indeed one of my favorite coffees and I drink it all the time. So I'm curious to see what you think about it when you all give it a shot. So uh, check it out. All right, another big thing that dropped today. Um, so there's a theme going on. So we had Spider Monday, and today was Matrix Monday. So not only were you able to pre-purchase your Matrix uh, Resurrections uh, movie tickets today, but we were given a new trailer. And they're calling this the new final trailer uh, for Matrix Resurrections. and it gave us a whole lot more insights into the story and it very very intriguing it's very intriguing and i'll tell you why because it looks like it's it's confirmed that this is indeed a reboot of the matrix and we are going to be experiencing things through a new version of the matrix but they are trying to resurrect Neo by, I'm pretty sure, re-downloading all the memories and all the stuff that happened in the previous Matrix, right, into this body. I don't know if this is indeed the Neo or another version of Neo or what have you, but it looks like the roles are being reversed a little bit because the main focus in this movie appears to be Trinity. And... If you remember the original Matrix, Trinity was tasked to really uh, rescue Neo and get him out of it because he is the chosen one. Now it looks like Neo is doing that for Trinity. And he, he it even is mentioned in the trailer that 
you know, she did this for me. Now it's my turn to do this for her. Um, as he's starting to recollect all the events that happened in the previous Matrix. And you see him going through, um, looking at old clips, memory clips and all that. You see him starting to recognize saying, he's, you know, he, he's saying things like, you know, I've, I've seen this before, I've been here before and all that. Really crazy stuff happening. Um, and, you know, I was a little hesitant about my excitement because, again, the last two movies that came out within the franchise weren't that great. The second one was okay, but the third one really did it for me, like, as far as, like, not that great, and it made the story more confusing than it should have been. Um, now, when you watch it multiple times, you get to understand more and more of it, but... Nothing beats the original Matrix, story-wise, um, kind of how it affected the culture at the time, the pop culture at the time. Um, it was a very unique movie-going experience, and not something that any of us were really expecting. I am so curious if this is going to be able to recapture that type of um, charm, that type of uh, thrill that we got from watching the original movie. Uh, I wonder how much how much references they're going to make to the sequels or like the Animatrix and stuff like that. Uh, what more are we going to learn from the lore within this universe, within this world? Um, but just looking at the trailer, it seems very, very intriguing. And I am now pretty excited about it. Uh, like I said, it's so interesting how they're kind of spinning it. And it looks like they're kind of repeating beats from the original Matrix. We have a new Agent Smith, but it seems like a lot of the things that we saw Agent Smith do in the original might be repeated here just because we're now in a newer version of the Matrix. Um, the steps that Neo has to take or um, that Trinity had to take looks like Neo has to go take these steps now. Um, it's it's so intriguing, and they did a really good job in the trailer to kind of um, mirror the events that happened in the original Matrix to what is to be happening in this new version. So, really, really, ex and it was pretty long too. It was like just under three minutes, I believe, or just hitting the three minute mark. So we were teased with a lot of stuff, and I I I will say I am very very intrigued about this new version of the matrix that we're getting um will it resurrect the franchise this is something i've said in the past and we'll see we'll see i mean it's so easy to get hyped up just by the trailer but there's a reason why people make it you know a profession people uh are paid to wow us with these trailers right so you know, and in the past, we've been fooled by trailers, too. Like, something that looks very exciting and very enticing. And then it turns out that the movie wasn't that great. But I hope that's not the case here. Because, again, it would be really, really nice to see The Matrix reboot itself. And potentially, maybe we can get more content within this lore, within this universe, you know. Um, maybe instead of movies, this will be better suited for maybe a long-form um, streaming show uh, on HBO Max, perhaps, right? Um, a la Westworld, maybe something like along those lines where they could just 
dive deeper and spend more time with the character building, the universe building, and all that instead of trying to cram it all into like these movie formats, you know. Um, the last thing we need is to be treated to sequels that are two and a half hours long that maybe sometimes drag or doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, it, it will be really, really interesting to see what's going to happen when this movie comes out. Um, now, ticket sales, it didn't break the internet. It ain't no Spider-Man. Um, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who took advantage of the pre-sale today. So um, what about you? Um, are you guys looking forward to this new movie? Um, is this something that you want to watch in the theater? Or would you prefer to just watch it on HBO Max when it comes out? Given that from what it looks like, they're not doing a preview night for this movie. Because it's coming out Christmas week. So it's going to be coming out on that Wednesday. So showtimes are were as early as like noon on Wednesday. But that only means that people who are going to be watching it on HBO Max are going to probably be waiting for that midnight release if they're doing a midnight release. Now, some of the movies that they've uh, released in the past that have day and date releases, they would wait until noon the next day for the movie to be available on streaming. Now, if I remember correctly, The Suicide Squad, when that came out, they actually released it earlier. Was it Suicide Squad or was it Dune? No, it was Dune. Sorry. Dune, they released it a day earlier. So I don't know what their plan is with uh, The Matrix here. But if, let's say, you're like me, waiting to watch this in the theater, you better be off just staying off of social media because everyone's going to be talking about it because everyone who's going to want to watch it at home is going to have first dibs on it so we'll see what happens um who knows maybe i might be enticed to watch it at home first and knowing that i'm going to watch it in the theater anyway just for the experience we'll see um but definitely curious to see how that's all going to play out Speaking of movies, and I know I mentioned before that I do believe No Way Home is going to be that movie event of the year that is going to bring the majority of moviegoers back into the theaters. Um, I wonder how true that's really going to be based on this new moviegoer survey that was released last week. Um, This was an article that I read um, sometime last week. And... Basically, uh, they did a survey. Uh, I'm going I'm to read the article here for you guys right now. Um, there was a new study commissioned by Quorum, Coltique, and Fanthropology. And what they did is that they surveyed more than 2,500 cinema pre-pandemic moviegoers, right? Um And basically, obviously, they asked them a whole bunch of questions. But they discovered that 49% of those polled now no longer go to the movies right now. You know, out of the 2,500, 49% of those are still not going and have not returned to the movie theaters yet. Um, The reluctance mostly comes down to several factors, with 59% saying they don't feel safe in theaters obviously because of the current state of the world right now and all that stuff. Around 33% of people surveyed 
say customers being required to present proof of vaccination would make them more comfortable about seeing a movie in theaters. So if they wanted to go back, it sounds like a good portion of those surveyed would prefer the the vaccination mandates. Um, if you are in New York like myself, that's already happening. Anytime I go to the movie theater, they require you to show proof of vaccination. Um, I don't know how it is in other states, but at least in New York, they're already doing that. And a lot of the movie theater chains are doing that. Uh, now, it, the survey also found out that not everyone is on board with this idea and uh, the idea of mandatory vaccinations. Um, so around 20% of respondents view such vaccine requirements as an infringement. Uh, I will save my comments about that for another time. Um, but meanwhile, uh, the survey continues and the report continues saying that meanwhile, some 70% of avid moviegoers and 66% of infrequent moviegoers indicate they would go more often if movie going was less expensive. In addition, 65% complain that buying snacks at cinemas is also too expensive. Um, no surprise there. It's been, you know, talked about uh, endlessly about how expensive it is nowadays to go to the movies. Uh, if you live in a major metropolitan city like New York or Los Angeles, uh, a couple going to the movies can easily spend $50 for the experience because average ticket prices are now $16 to $20 per ticket plus concessions. So concessions, from what I can recall, a regular popcorn here in New York can cost you close to $8. Add a soda to that, and these are just regular sizes now, that's another 6 bucks five to six bucks. So do the math, you're spending a fortune. Now, if you're a family, that means two parents and a child or two kids, more than likely you're going to be spending closer to a hundred dollars for the movie going experience uh, or more. Again, within the major metropolitan cities and like in the big metropolitan areas. Now I know there are other places within the U S that are a little bit cheaper, um, but it is really, really expensive. And the only reason why I am able to go so often is because I take advantage of the AMC Stubbs program, uh, which is their movie pass for, I pay, I believe it's $26 a month and I get to see at least three movies a week. That's it. And it doesn't have to be restricted to any type of movie. So that means I could watch a standard movie or I can watch IMAX. Uh, if uh, one of the AMC theaters I go to has like those special Dolby theater, whatever thingy majig is, I can watch that too. It's all covered within the movie pass that I'm, uh, I am enrolled in. So I save tons of money every month with this. And I won't be surprised if more people decide to go this route if they want to go back to theaters more often. Now, that only covers one person, though. So if you're a couple who goes to the movies a lot, that means both of you are going to be enrolled in this program. So you're going to be spending a little bit over $50 a month 
but still you're going to be saving a lot more money because you just go to the movies at least twice in the month and it already paid for itself right so yeah really interesting stuff there um again i'm not really big you know that surprised about the complaints about cost because again that's been something that's been complained about for a while now um, but it is really interesting to see about um, the vaccination mandates um, and the feel of safety. Um, you know, a lot of people are willing to say that, oh, you know, especially in, in not currently, but like during the summer months, like, oh, things are getting back to normal. You know, we can go back out there and do normal things as long as we're vaccinated um, and, you know, maybe we could wear a mask or what have you. Um, but it seems like there are quite a few people who still don't feel comfortable. Um, and it shows. I report on box office numbers every week and we are nowhere near uh, pre-world situation numbers. Nowhere near it. And you would think... You know, Thanksgiving being a huge holiday where families are gathered together and movie going what is a huge holiday tradition for a lot of people. For myself, one of the things I used to always do was that on Thanksgiving Day, you'll have your Thanksgiving dinner, which was really early, like around two or three o'clock or sometimes four o'clock you know, have a little nap afterwards and then go to the movies after that, you know, to spend the night. You know, and a lot of families have that same type of tradition as well. And most people who are off the following Friday maybe will partake in some Black Friday shopping or not and go to the movies, right? But with the box office results that happened during Thanksgiving week, it wasn't huge you know it was decent and for the numbers that we've been seeing for the last year it wasn't that bad you know it was comparable to some of the bigger openings uh opening weekends but it's not that holiday opening that we are very much accustomed to to see prior to all of this stuff so you know Again, it shouldn't be a big surprise because we are seeing the results from the numbers every week. Um, so really, really interesting stuff. I'm curious out of all of you watching or listening, how many of you have gone back to the movies? You know, have watched a movie or several movies in the theater. How many of you have done that already? Um, and for those of you who have not, what is it? that will make you feel comfortable, most comfortable in going back. Again, I mentioned Spider-Man, you know, is going to be a huge opportunity for a lot of people to want to go back. What is it that is going to be that nail in the coffin for you to be like, yep, now I feel like I can go back. Now is the time. I'm very curious to hear the thoughts from all of you. Again, you could leave all that in the comments. Engage in conversation. I love talking to all of you and I'm very, very curious to hear your thoughts about all of this stuff and the survey that uh, was held there. Moving on, the last 
bit of news I wanted to talk about was a kind of a big surprise, to be honest with you, uh, but a pleasant and welcoming surprise. So Sony is looking to finalize a new subscription platform revamp. Um, more than likely to finally compete with Microsoft Game Pass, with the Xbox, uh, the Xbox Game Pass. Um, you may have heard me say time and time again that I do feel like the Game Pass for Microsoft and Xbox is the best value for the budget-conscious gamer out there. If you have an Xbox, but if you also have a PC and you are a PC gamer, still, it's one of the best values for that type of gaming. Um, plus, they have several titles that release on launch, day one launch, uh, through the Game Pass, saving gamers tons of money, like myself. Um, this week alone, the new Halo, Halo Infinite, will be available on Game Pass day one launch um highly anticipated game for a lot of xbox gamers uh and fans of the halo franchise and that's huge right um but yeah so bloomberg uh and i'm reading this report that i read last week bloomberg broke the report saying that the current plan is to phase out playstation now again no big surprise for me personally um playstation now i feel like was a very poor attempt at their uh, online service. But phase out PlayStation Now and combining that cloud-based gaming service with the monthly free game offerings from PlayStation Plus, all under the new PlayStation Plus brand. Uh, according to internal Sony documents, a monthly fee for this new subscription, codenamed Spartacus, interesting name there, will provide players with unlimited access to a library of both modern and classic games. Now, here's where it gets interesting. So it looks like they're going to be working on tiering this service. And there will be three tiers available. Three tiers. Uh, kind of like Game Pass, because, you know, there is the Game Pass and Ultimate. Game Pass Ultimate, right? Game Pass Ultimate's is pretty much their god tier uh, subscription service and that allows you to play all the games download as much as you want plus it offers and combines their own cloud gaming that is currently in beta so just like game pass there will be tiers depending upon your spending level tier one will essentially be the same as the current PlayStation Plus service. So right now, PlayStation Plus, you pay uh, a monthly or yearly fee. I believe the yearly fee is around $50. Um, and this gives you access to um, monthly game offerings for free that you can download. And once you claim it, it's forever in your library as long as you are a PlayStation Plus member. Pretty decent service, you know, and it gives you access to, you know, random games. The thing is, you never know what is going to be offered until the month starts. Um, and along with that, you also get discounts, uh, special PlayStation Plus discounts on game purchases, add-ons, all that stuff like that. Tier 2 
will add a library of PlayStation 4 and eventually PlayStation 5 games. So this sounds like this is going to be very similar to um, Game Pass Ultimate that will allow you to download anything that they have within the library for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games. It's funny that they say eventually. So this sounds like it doesn't... It sounds to me like PlayStation 5 games won't be available from the start. Huge bummer. But then again... A lot of you out there don't have PlayStation 5s yet. That's a whole other issue. The third tier, which is their God tier, will offer extended demos and game streaming as well as PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP libraries. Now, if you are a PlayStation fanboy, or you just enjoy a lot of the library from all the different, you know, uh, iterations of the PlayStation brand and PlayStation home console. This is exciting because you are going to now be able to play all of these games, whatever is available. Because again, we don't know what that library is going to look like, and you're going to be able to stream them through the cloud gaming system. That's huge, right? Uh, the article continues saying Spartacus is also expected to be available on both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. No big surprise there. Um, it comes as Sony is also putting resources into expanding its efforts in cloud gaming. So, really, really interesting stuff there. Now, the only thing left to answer, the only question left to answer is how much is this going to be? Now, if you caught a previous episode of the podcast, recently Nintendo announced their upgrade to their uh, Nintendo Online service. It's Nintendo Online Plus Expansion, stupid name, for an additional monthly fee or yearly fee, depending on how long you subscribe for, you will get to unlock their stu- two stupid virtual consoles for the N64 and Sega Genesis. And you'll get access to specific first-party DLC content for now, which is a value that I said was useless and really not worth the extra money. Now with this, this is a different situation, right? Tier 2 sounds like is a tier that I would love to experience and love to really uh, learn more about because, like I said, it sounds more like Game Pass Ultimate where you get to play and potentially stream, unless that's only God tier level, PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games. All I would really care about right now is PlayStation 5 games. Because, again, speaking as a budget, con- you know, budget, um, uh, a budget gamer, budget con- conscious gamer, especially if I want to enjoy next-gen gaming, that would be the tier that I would be really more interested in. Now, don't get me wrong, the God tier level, tier 3, sounds amazing. 
you'll have access to the full PlayStation library. But again, I don't know what that means because we don't know yet what's going to be included in all of those specific libraries, right? But it all boils down to price. So it'll really be interesting to see how much this is going to cost. But if they can pull this off, then this could be a huge contender with Xbox Game Pass. Um, But I am not holding my breath. Why? Because like I mentioned before, um, PlayStation Now was a huge disappointment for me personally. Now, I am curious to hear how many of you subscribe to PlayStation Now. Now, how much do you utilize it? How many games have you played on it? From what I recall, you are limited to only PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 games, right? And not a full library either of each. So I'm curious. Is PlayStation Now worthy of the subscription of the money that you pay now knowing what's going to be coming down the pipe is this new version something that you're going to be interested in like i said i am very curious for to see how the tiers are going to play out price wise and what the libraries are going to include Uh, because if they can get it to that at least for the most part, all first-party games, first-party devs, their games, will be available through this service, then I'll be in. I'll be in. You know, not all Xbox games are available on Game Pass because, again, it, it depends on the kind of deals they have with the developers, with the studios. But at the very least, all first-party uh, Xbox games and dev houses, their games are all available right now, currently, on Game Pass. Which is huge because, for example, like when Bethesda became exclusive to Xbox, all of their games were available immediately. You know, Xbox teamed up with EA Play. So you do have to wait a little bit for those titles to be available, but still, you'll get it. So I am very, very curious to see what's going to happen here Um, and just to see how it's going to be executed. You know, I am curious to see what fine tunements or fine tuning um, they're going to make to their Xbox to not their Xbox to their cloud gaming. Right. Um, Because I I have experienced their cloud gaming ones uh, on the PlayStation 4. Uh, And I remember I was playing Guacamelee, uh, a really fun game, uh, if you haven't tried it yet, I highly recommend it. And that was the first game that I tried uh, through the cloud service. And for the most part, it was a pretty good experience. But there were moments where I had some lag, things didn't load right away. I did experience some timeouts and crashes. Um, right now I have not tested out the, um, cloud gaming service on Xbox. I will in the coming weeks. Um, I'm actually planning to test it with, uh, Halo Infinite to see how that's going to play out. 
Um, so stay tuned to the channel there because I'm probably going to do a nice little uh, video review, write-up about my experience there. But Game Pass has been a breeze. I love the fact that for a new title that's coming out, you get to pre-install it in your system so that on the day launch, you don't have to worry about it anymore. You know, and I have no, no, I have had no bad experiences with any games that I've downloaded um, through that service. Um, but I am curious to see how the cloud gaming um, works and how well that's been put together. So, um, if you've experienced it, let me know your experience. With I, I, I do have a couple of friends who've tried it. Um, I've tried playing um, Xbox games through their cloud service on my phone. And that experience was actually pretty good, to my surprise. Um, granted, I was only playing NBA 2K, but I really did not experience any kind of lag. Now, I was also connected to my home Wi-Fi, so I guess it's also going to be dependent on your Wi-Fi connection or what have you. But I was still pretty much surprised with how well that experience was, how, how good and you know, seamless, sort of speak, the experience was. So if they can get it to those levels, uh, that would be phenomenal, right? But yeah, I'm curious to hear what you guys think about it. So again, let me know in the comments. Um, so that's it, guys. That is the episode uh, for today. Uh, I will start bidding you adieu. But again, thank you for tuning in and watching. Those of you who are returning, always always appreciate your support your continued support um huge milestone as i mentioned last time on the youtube channel and it looks like it just keeps growing so do spread the word um let people know who are interested into pop culture movies gaming all that stuff like that um let them know about the loki geek channel and let them know about the talking talk pod showcast um and for those audio listeners again i appreciate all of you for those of you new, I hope you get to stick around and you hang out with us for future episodes and iterations. Again, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Punch that like in the mouth. You know, let uh, YouTube know that you appreciate this video and you want to see more of it. And um, if you're starting off the week off well uh, or maybe not so well and things are getting you down, don't forget take a step back allow some free time for yourself and wind down by reading a book playing your favorite game or watching a favorite movie of yours because nothing is more important than your own mental health and as always stay cool stay classy and stay safe and i will catch all of you guys next time peace